This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, movie lovers, back for another Anatomy of Movie here on Popcorn Talk. Today we're talking Life of the Party starring Melissa McCarthy. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the husband and wife duo of Melissa and Ben is back in directing and starring capacity with this latest release of Life of the Party. Writing, too. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. <laughs> we will talk all of that, but before we get into anything, allow me to introduce Marissa Serafini. Hello, everyone. Dimitri Panos. Hey, movie fans, I'm back! He's back. <laughs> And I'm Phil Svitek. Welcome to the show. If you're joining us for the very first time, welcome to the show. If you're returning, welcome back. A couple of administrative things that we should probably tell you about. Number one, we assume that you've seen the movie to a degree, so it, it is going to be spoiler-filled in that way. Although it's comedy, you could say, you know what, it's not, certainly not the Avengers. Perhaps you don't care if you, it's spoiled for you. Nonetheless, you've been warned. Second off, we're going to talk mainly the story, but we'll also get into some production details and so forth. Uh, we're going to talk box office numbers and all that jazz, so we try to go as in-depth and round out the conversation in, in its entirety about the movie, not just a review and storyline type of thing. Um, and lastly, if you want to follow along in the description box, whether on iTunes, whether on YouTube, or so forth, there's there's a little box that says, here's the rundown, and you just click it, and it's a PDF, and you can follow along for your enjoyment, if you will. But without further ado, before we can get into any of that stuff, we have to know what you guys thought of the movie, right? Marissa. Right. Well, I thought this movie was fun. Um, I love Melissa McCarthy ever since Gilmore Girls. I mean, she'll always be sicky to me. Um, she was great, and she's always fun and lighthearted. I enjoy her movies. Uh, you know, she always brings the good laughs. Uh, I laughed a lot in this movie, and I feel like I was probably one of the only younger people, and younger I say in the 20-something-year-old people, that laughed more than the regular millennials did. Uh, and, and I think maybe because I just understood the older people jokes um, in, in that way. So, like, I, I I laughed a lot. I actually enjoyed this film. I don't think it deserves, and we'll get to the, the ratings and stuff, but I don't think it deserves all the backlash that it's getting and all the poor reviews it's getting. It's a fun movie. It's light. Huh. That's it. Dimitri? Well, I'm not I'm not quite sure of what backlash the movie's gotten, but for me this was not a good movie. I was I was not uh one th- this was not like we've had so many good comedies this year thus far and this one sort of kind of brings everything down. Uh for me life of the party, number one it doesn't showcase uh I don't think it showcased Melissa McCarthy's true like talents. It, everything in this movie tried so hard to play it safe and they forgot like, they were having fun making the movie, you can tell, because they had all their friends on board. But we as an audience, or me as an audience, or in the audience, wasn't having all that much fun watching them. Um, there was one inspired moment, and I'll get to that in a moment, which I thought, hey, this is what I've been waiting for in this movie. Uh, very funny. But 
it just wanted to play it very it wanted to have it all but yet it couldn't focus on do we want to be a little raunchy and as raunchy as this movie got was the google and i saw that in the trailer uh there was nothing really inspired about this movie uh back to school is a far better movie that deals with a very very similar topic uh everything happened too easy too uh in this movie you know i get like it's a great premise she has this 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 life-changing thing happen her husband's a jerk uh and 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 she goes into school you figure the daughter was pissed off for like two seconds and then it's all accepting all the friends are oh my god it's oh we love your mother and Everything just happened very, very easily. There's no, like, clear-cut villain. My other issue was um, this whole wedding that happened in the movie. You know, the daughter who loves the mom. Like, I was rooting for Melissa McCarthy and the crew for what they were doing. And then when you see the daughter at the wedding, which makes sense, yeah. I was like... Well, we'll, let's, but, we'll, okay. we'll get into but all that. I just felt that this movie, it just... No bueno. There were a couple of laughs. I'd be lying if I say I didn't mm-hmm. laugh, but not compared to other movies that came out this Fair earlier. enough. I'm, I'm kind of in a similar boat. I think with a comedy, at the end of the day, you gotta... You, th- there's a crux of it that is emotional, that takes that, that emotion and heightens it to its, it, its, its extremity in terms of ridiculousness. And I do think a lot of this movie kind of was parsed together via skits. In a sense where the the scene itself could be considered funny, but in the context of the grand grander thing, it, it doesn't quite make sense. Um, you know, and one of the things uh, story I want to jump story wise kind of right into it, and then we'll we'll backtrack about uh, them also writing it as you as you pointed out and so forth. But as far as you know, the the first thing of it for me was. It, you, you, the spark of it is the breakup, right? The divorce, more so. And then the fact that we never really get Maddie's side of it, as far as how she feels about her father and so forth, that to me was just a missed emotional beat. Maybe not a comedic beat, but an emotional beat to set me up as where where does she stand in the middle of all this? Because we know it's plain and plain as day how uh, Deanna thinks about this. Well, but but to your point though, again. There was no follow-up in these skits, as you want to put them. But she did say, the daughter, Maddie, did say, what an asshole. Like, she was pissed at the beginning when she heard about the divorce. But, again, there was never a follow-up, and they never had anything like that. So mm-hmm. I, I totally see where you're, what, you're, what you're saying, but I think that's the way the whole movie was. Let me ask you this, Marissa, since you, you enjoyed it certainly more so than us. Yeah, and I think because this movie is more geared towards women, you guys are guys and you're not liking this film. Well, uh, let me ask you. Let me I pose, completely let me, disagree. Let me pose the question to you this way. As far as realism, because mm-hmm. I, I don't dislike the movie because I don't understand the humor. To me, it's just a little bit unrealistic. So I want to ask you, like, as far as the realism of all of it. Oh yeah, there there was there are some aspects in the relationship, whether it be towards the husband or towards the friends, that was unrealistic. But I can get through that because it was just the situations that you're watching are more 
humorous than the actual reality of it all. As for the husband, he was a dick at the beginning. Sorry, I'm completely making our show explicit already, but I'm going to say it. The father was a dick, so, and so when you have the daughter... If the daughter was going to be mad at the mom, knowing that this whole movie was going to be the mother and daughter going to be together, and the daughter's already starting the movie off mad with the mom, you know that's not going to happen. Then the movie's not going to work because the mother needs the daughter's mother-daughter relationship so she can have the relationship with the daughter's friends throughout the film. So it makes sense that the daughter wasn't going to be mad at the mother throughout this whole divorce. But it seemed out of necessity, you know, when you say it like that, it's like we had to get to this. And I, I don't know, what, what were you going to say? Well, I, again, it goes to one of my biggest flaws of that character in the writing of the movie is that, okay, I can understand that she would be upset at the dad for cheating on the mom, you know, and I get that and, and the whole bonding thing. But here's my problem. So the scene when they go trash the wedding, um, it made sense that, 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 that Maddie was at the wedding. She didn't say she was going at the wedding because I was wondering, where is she? And then, oh, she's at the wedding because we see her. But before we see her at the wedding, we saw some pretty damning things like those poster boards that said, upgrade the wife, better life. And I'm sitting there going, what child, (laughs) what child would like be on board with that and not say, fuck you. I'm going to go trash the wedding with my mom and her friends. Like, because that was like so dickish. And to have that at a wedding where your daughter is at, I mean, the daughter's got to go through this divorce too. And I'm like, that, that, that would just not fly. And there was no relationship with the father previously that we could see. And so that was one thing that really stuck out. I was like, why is she on board? Why is she still part of this wedding? And why is she upset with her mom? When after you read something, when they publicly are shaming Melissa McCarthy's character, how is she on board with that as a daughter? She wouldn't be. If she loved her mom as much as she says she does, she wouldn't be on board with that. Well, even earlier, to me, the turn at first when she does come to college and and meets her friends and, and, and the daughter, I'd love to hear your perspective on it, Marissa, because it seemed like they were very standoffish of like, wait, you're not serious and maybe it was the daughter and you know that's kind of how eventually they they played out was that her friends were more into this idea than than maddie but just the way they reacted didn't indicate to me in that moment that they were on board with this idea they were it was a very quiet scene they were very standoffish you know there wasn't any energy and excitement and then all of a sudden they turn the switch and it's like okay hey we're gonna go party with you yeah, I, I get that. But I think that's a natural reaction, knee-jerk reaction for any child to realize, hey, I'm going to have classes with you, with their own parent. And I think that was just like a natural moment. Like, I don't want to be with my parents. Um, but we also understand how close their relationship is from the mother to the daughter and that they're 22 minutes away. So, like, that dynamic, I completely understand that sometimes you're close enough with your parents that in proximity wise you live close but also in emotional wise yeah you don't want to always be with your parents but once you are you realize hey you do like the presence around i don't know it's just 
I still feel it like it didn't earn it for me. It didn't like if 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 if, if there was a problem, right? There was a perfect opportunity. Uh, Deanna comes in and helps you know the various girls throughout their troubles. Had they been very standoffish and very early on, you know, the daughter texted her like, "Hey, we have no other option. Please, can you help?" And they earn, as you said, earn that switch. Then I would have bought it. But I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of girls that would, and a lot of girls' friends that would just cringe. At the idea that their parent is in college with them. I keep on thinking, uh, another thing that I thought of a lot watching this movie was the Goldbergs. If anybody watches that show, the Goldbergs and Wendy McLeod, Govey, uh, who is brilliant as, as Miss Goldberg, is that smothering kind of a mother. And that show, I would rather watch three episodes, which is about an hour and a half of that show. Because that ends up with heart, and things are actually earned, even though she is a smothering mother. You get it. It's funny. She's funny. For me, um, where Melissa McCarthy wasn't necessarily smothering, but you could also tell, though, how for a kid that it would sort of be like, you're cramping my style. Like, I can't imagine a kid being on board so easily that their mom is in school with them. Um, And I get the whole thing about, the friends loving the mom, my friends love my mom and everything like that. But there's still that when you're in college, you're supposed, there's supposed to be a little bit of separation, even if you commute. Um, so well, and I think there was happen. separation, too, because like, yeah, every time we saw them together, it seemed as if it was only minutes apart from each other. But there were actual moments and lines where like, I haven't seen you in a week. I haven't seen you in two weeks, X, Y and Z. So like just in the writing of the storyline, like. They do go days apart away from each other. So it's not like she was smothering and bringing the girls breakfast every single day. It's like there were actual direct lines like, I haven't seen you in a week. I, you know, as far as that, I think it just needs to parse down some of its stuff. Because if you, to me, the crux of it is the daughter and her and it's her dream of earning this degree. Because of this horrible thing that's happened to her. But it's a, a blessing in disguise, right? And we didn't, as far as her passions, like, although we spent a lot of time in the classroom, there was, there was just an emotional, it, it never went as deep as it could have, both in the comedy and emotional stakes. And that's where, for me, the fault really lies. Yeah, and I, the other, I was, remember when we, we, we talked about blockers here? And blockers, uh, albeit it's, it's sort of a different comedy, but there's some similarities. It's parents being overprotected of the of the girls who are about to go off to college. So there was that separation anxiety going on there. It was, there was a single mom, right? But that movie had so much heart that the parent, like you understood the parents, you understood the girls. And as, as farcical as it became, it was a very funny movie because you bought into the heart that that movie had and it earned for itself. Where this movie tried to have a ton of heart and... It just it because of that it failed to dose up a lot of comedy. And Melissa McCarthy, let's face it, is one of the funniest women that we have as a talented actress and comedian for both whatever it's sketch comedy, but when you look at the movies that she's been in, she elevates them. She elevated like Bridesmaid. She, the Heat is fantastic. Spy, fantastic. I mean, in the right movies, her physical comedy and her edge. Her edge is what works, too. And this movie really didn't have any edge except for one inspired scene, um, I felt. So that that 
for me, that's where it hurt. It was really dulled down. Marissa kind of falls on you to be the savior and defend this movie. God. Um, yeah, I get that also, but those were also down, like, for cock blockers, that, that movie, we spent a lot of time with teenagers there in high school, and we're spending a lot of time with these girls who are clearly outsiders. They're kind of the misfits. And, and like, but also there's that relatability factor with the mother, with Deanna, because she was also a misfit, essentially, within her, her peers. So, like, and I, I understood, like, that dynamic of from the parents to the kids and always wanting to, like, help them out and whatever. Yeah, it may not have gone as deeply emotional, but because this movie is so light, I don't think it needed it to get the laughs that it did. Okay. Well, I like I look at one of the scenes for me that went on a little bit too long is her struggling through her class presentation. And for me, it was like, okay, well, there's so much more emo- for her to deal with in life. And that that is ruining this dream of her being an archaeologist and so forth. That why why put that obstacle in front of her? Have her be, you know, she was getting good grades and have her be the best that she can be. But the problem is that, you know, because of the divorce, she can't get money um, and and so forth. Like life's already hard enough. Why give her that little bit of extra just for a a 10 minute joke about her sweating her armpits? Yeah, I felt it was a Saturday Night Live skit um, that didn't really go anywhere because I wasn't believing that she was like, I get I, I understand the fear of public speaking that I get. She didn't seem to be afraid of doing anything public, um, you know, speaking in front of all her friends and doing all that. So and if you're going to at least address it earlier on, not like right there and then and show that you're at least going to attempt to try to do something. But that, that, that went on too long. And I also felt when she was home with her parents explaining, you know, about how the jerk husband left her, the, the parents yelling went on for me like i was like what the hell is going on here he comes out and he takes a gun out and she's like i don't want a sandwich at least (laughs) it was early on where i was just like okay you know what i get it it's it's fun enough i i I was still on board at that point um all right well why don't we shift gears into kind of what for me was the most interest not the most interesting because i enjoyed it the most but uh i don't know how to describe it but let's essentially talk about jack and her relationship uh, Marissa, how did you feel about this? Um, Her magical vagoogle. <laughs> I think it was funny. I I can understand like probably that that young college guy who's never really experienced real love, and then he gets his first experience with a mature woman. Um, it was funny. He was sweet, and I was like, he's so stupidly naive too, to the point where it was endearing yeah. to, to watch. <laughs> Um, but, like, I actually didn't mind this random joke throughout the entire film. I thought it was funny. Give her some life, you know? Like, yeah, she I, just, she's obviously going through a midlife crisis, breaking up with her dick husband. Yeah, give her some fun to play with the younger one. Why not? I, yeah. I, 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 that character, Jack, well, they set him up, too, from the beginning, as just being a little bit different, right? He knows about Chardonnay, right? He knows, like, he's not the typical frat boy and he's taken with this woman right who's an older woman and and i can understand she's like oh my god this is a whole new world i've been with this one man and finally somebody who's 
listen, he's, he's, I, strong enough in my manhood to say he was a handsome guy and i get why she would i get whether where the attraction was right i thought it was a fun i thought that was fun to me though the inspired moment came at the restaurant when that twist comes out when we find out that jack is actually the son of um uh, of uh julie bowen Mar- marcy Good like that, that to me, that was like the, the fork, like that. Nah. And, and, and Maya Rudolph and the gentleman who played her husband, I thought they were fantastic. Like that was the most inspired scene for me in the movie. I did not see it coming. And those to me, like when you can't see that joke coming, that makes for comedy. That's where I laughed out loud. I thought that's brilliant. I think we're, we're, we're going to turn a corner and that's really all that was left. But Maya Rudolph was great. That whole scene played out perfectly, although I did feel sort of kind of bad for Jack because he was sort of kind of being talked about. <laughs> well, he was right there. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> I, like, you know, I, I thought I, I did like when that came about, I, I did think it was a great moment, as you said. But from there was there was never really a follow up to it. You know, yeah. like when that happens, that's a, it's supposed to be a very gut wrenching thing of like. Okay, I, if I truly have emotions for Jack and whether or not it's going to end up being like a love thing, nonetheless, he's a good kid and deserves what he, you know, deserves a good life. And yet this contradiction that he's Marcy's kid who I absolutely despise, better, better wife, better life. Right. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, how do you reconcile that? Well, I guess you just don't deal with it. Except in the restaurant. Which was funny, but it never really. That's comes what I'm saying. Up again. It never, it, she slept with him again. <laughs> um, so she did. she did call it off, though. Yeah, but but it was a, it was a simple breakup. <laughs> but it shouldn't. It, it's, but to me, it's not a simple thing. Right. It's a very emotionally charged moment. That's why the comedy of that scene works so well. Is yes. because everyone's trying to figure out how to cope with it, and they're completely saying the wrong thing. Or just like spur of the moment, as as you said with um, Maya Rudolph's character. Yeah, and nobody was actually taking Jack's feelings into consideration at that point, including Deanna. I mean, it's picture, it's farcical, that's what makes it comedy. But picture the character going, wait, wait, that's your mom. Wait, you're keeping on talking to me as if now you're sleeping with me out of revenge for my mom. Like, nobody was taking that into consideration at all. Again, maybe it's not that kind of movie. It made that one scene funny, but it's never really addressed again. And, like, Jack, they don't give Jack anything to really say to stick up for himself. And you sort of kind of do feel bad for him. He's not a villain in this story. And to your point, you know, he's he has deep emotions for Deanna for, for his reasons, and you understand why. Uh, you know, I liked his innocence. Uh, I forget how you put it, Marissa. But I, He's naive. He is. But he didn't play stupid. You know, he was well, he's a college was, kid. That was an opportunity as far as Maddie being upset with the mother. She could have been... That could have been uh, a turning point for her at the wedding and so forth. Because, in essence, she ruined Jack's mom's wedding. And it's like, okay, like... Forget Marcy. Marcy aside, what are you? You're, you're killing this kid. I, I, yeah. I, 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 I get very pained when I watch movies and I see missed opportunities because I, no. you know, I look at you, Marissa, and I want mm-hmm. to have that experience that you had, and I want it to be the movie that it. For me, it could have been. I wanted it to be the trailer that they showed me. 
Um, and there was lots to explore, you know, and again, the movie just didn't have follow through, uh, again, like the scene in the classroom when, um, the girl, uh, who, who is it? Was it Jennifer? Oh, the, the snobby. Ca- no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, the, the villain. The, 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 no, coma girl, coma girl. Oh, so the friend, uh, the friend, yeah. yeah. The friend, okay. Where she cuts, where she cuts that girl's hair off, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So that's sort of funny. It never goes anywhere. And I kept on thinking of the great scene that happened in 16 Candles that's sort of similar where the girl got her hair stuck in the the door door. and and they had to cut her hair and she was the snobby one. But it's brought up later. She did. She totally deserved it. it, But there's a payoff to it, too. Like, my hair. (laughs) And there was no payoff here. Like, if you're going to, if she's the villain, let's have the comeuppance for the villain. And she just cut her hair and that was the end of that joke. Um, I think it was just like again. a lot of small things like cutting of the hair. We knew that this girl is awful and there's always that one girl or five girls <laughs> in the world in every single freaking class that's like that. I've dealt with them, trust me. In I'm archaeology sure. class of all places? <laughs> no, just in school, in life, in college, in high school, in fucking grade school. Yeah, there's always the bitches out there like, like Helen. This episode really is explicit. So, I didn't realize Life of the Party so would be this lively movie. But there's always the bitch in, in, in class, or like so it could the be the guy egg. too. And, and she and she was awful. She was great at being awful. And we had that uh, whole fight scene and stuff. So like it kind of there was a lot of small moments like cutting in the hair and building up to the ultimate fight at the end, which was still funny. That was funny. Speaking of the ultimate end, I want to ask you guys about her roommate and her. It was Lenore or Leonore. Leonore. Yes, we never really did learn how to pronounce her name, did we? No. But she is cousins with Christina Aguilera. Right. I knew she had to have a moment. I was like, they're doing something with her. She's so mysterious. She doesn't get out of the room. Um, she's so dry, and like and you saw the sweet moments where she's like, "Thank you, friend," and all that. So that like you knew they were building up a moment for for her. And then when we saw her at the party at the end, I was like, "Hey, she's out of the room. She, right. She's in a different house." I was like, "What is she doing here?" She, I was like, so like you knew it was building up to a moment for her character that ultimately brought Christina. That should have been in like an applause, laughable moment that she's actually out of her. Dorm room. I liked Heidi Gardner. I was hoping that relationship was going to be better developed, and because I liked Leonore, uh, Lenore, I liked the character. I liked her. It, it was like I liked the. How long have you been sitting there? Oh, about six minutes. Jesus, you gotta stop. Like, had they done that? Comedy is like a rule, sort of, kind of like the rule of three. There was no three. She just shows up at the end again, and it would have been nice. Had she always said that Deanna was really nice, but I want Deanna, I wanted her to inspire her maybe a little bit sooner. Well, Lenore and Leonore comes out with the girls. Like she was a fun character, but did Deanna really earn her respect so quickly? I mean, because she earned it really fast. She goes, I like you or something, but um, I liked how she was played, I liked how she saved the day. So do my cousin. Yeah, she's my sister. No, we're not, we're cousins. You know, it seems that Deanna has that certain je ne sais quoi that Dimitri and I just don't know. But, you know, speaking of that inspiration, when we talk about Coma Girl, 
she was struggling in class, and then, you know, uh, I'm going to... Only because you bring it up so often, Marissa. Her math skills were as good as oh, Marissa's. No, I, I literally, I was like, oh my God, this is me. This would be me struggling with multiplication right now. <laughs> but, I don't know. I laughed. I completely. And it was, was funny, funny, but, you know, in that moment, apart from Deanna saying like, oh, I'm worried about you. There was an opportunity for her to really help her with archaeology. Maybe, maybe not sort of the math thing, but certainly archaeology. Like, if the the girl's not getting good grades, and you are. Work together. I thought that was going to happen. I thought there was going to be more inspiration. And again, when you look at a movie like Old School, that is, or not Old School, but Back to School, right? That is part of what happens. Parent learns from the child. Child learns something from the parent. And I figured that there would have been more. And Jennifer could have been a far better character. And I like Debbie Ryan. But if you notice the movie, too, Debbie Ryan seemed to be relegated a lot to be in the background and to make funny faces. She was making a lot of faces in the background. Are you and, talking about Coma Girl? Helen's Coma Girl? I thought it was Jennifer. Jennifer. I'm sorry. Yeah. Jennifer is the mean girl. All right. Forgive me. Helen. Helen was relegated to being this friend who I liked. I liked the whole story. And to your point, I wanted maybe Melissa McCarthy, Deanna could have helped her out some. Like, how is she going to get out of school? Like, again, I felt that if Deanna is the center of this movie, Deanna should learn something, but she should impart something on all of her friends that they take to better their grades. Like, if Helen was having a hard time with school and could have been kicked out, maybe she helps her and she learns to, because she was inspired to take archaeology. Innocent because of Deanna, right? It well, just she, I was happened. so confused by that. I was she just was like, undeclared. She was undeclared, but then she says, "Oh, after I talked to you, and then I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark." And I mean, like, I get okay. the, here's the thing. What, what's strange to me is I because of the way the first interaction went. I thought she was always in that class, just didn't want to admit it. So I, so I get it, and you, you guys are correct. Like, but it just still left me some confusion as to what. But I liked her. I liked her character, and she had one funny moment at that party when that guy was trying to pick her up, and she shut her eyes. And it's like, oh my god, you're in a coma <laughs> again. She's like, again, there was a lot of missed opportunity, and she was actually the best friend in a sense. I liked all the misfits there too. Oh, can I ask a question? You don't have to ask. You know, you don't have to raise they, your Yeah, you don't have to raise your head. They each had character qualities that fit well into a comedy, right? But they weren't exploited enough to like fully come out to make this really a funny comedy, I felt. They were, again, they were, they were very safe, uh which was too bad because I actually liked the girls. Um and the act, you know, I can't say that there were bad performances in this in this movie the supporting cast like Maya Rudolph I thought was funny I thought she was extremely funny and her husband they were great together Um, so I I, I liked everybody I I just I wanted it I just wanted more Uh, and the young girls were very good too so I I... which one was your favorite Marissa as far as the sorority sisters I liked Helen, um, you know, Gillian Jacobs, because mm-hmm. she, she she's kind of not like n- not so much the maternal one, but she was the older one um, out of all of them. She she seemed more level headed compared to everybody else. And she had her moments. And I think 
you, you guys are questioning why she's in archaeology. I honestly, I think it was just for the setup that Deanna could always be with one of the girls at all times throughout the college. Like, it was just more screen time to have Deanna have a f- fun See, that friendship with someone. That hurts me when you say it just like that. Because mm. if that's the only reason, to me, that's just not a good enough reason. And, and by it's the way... they screen time. Yeah, but the... the, the it's an opportunity. Anytime there's screen time, it's an opportunity for something to happen. And I, you know, I think we've already brought up some of the things that could have happened. But yeah. also, like in the end, yeah, you guys didn't like the her sweating pits and all that scene. But it did come back to the moment at the end when she did get through her her better speech, and all the girls did come and support her. So I feel like, yeah, we may have like superficially had friendships with all the girls and didn't get deep enough, apparently. But it got deep enough that all the girls cared about Deanna, too, and had her back and supported her and came back to to the classroom at the end um, when she was giving her archaeology speech the second time. Yeah, I I don't... Some jokes did come around to have better endings. The end when they all showed up, I got it. Not 100% earned. I did like Jillian Jacobs. Uh, as Helen and I liked Leonore. I thought they were, I thought they really were fun characters that I, I wanted to explore more. Um, again, I noticed that that Helen or Jillian Jacobs was she was relegated in the background a lot, and she was just making faces. And I didn't know if it was facial tick. Like I didn't know what was going on, and I wanted her to be. It's, it's, again, it would have been great had Deanna maybe tried to mentor her. I don't even know what what Deanna's daughter's major was, to be honest with you. So, her she at least picked archaeology because she heard Deanna talk about it, and I'm like, okay, there's opportunity here to help her out. She gets stinky grades, and that was mentioned, you know. Um, it, and I go, it's not a romantic comedy. She just got divorced. But I understood the, 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 the relationship with Jack. Um, they were maybe trying to set something up with the professor. But, you know, I thought for happen. sure that would have happened. But my see, my issue, Marissa, is we threw out, if we parsed down on some of the stuff that didn't need to be there and just elevated what was there. Because you're right, like stuff did come around, but it was also mixed together with everything else and you know the more they kind of teach this in writing class the more singular an idea and a story can be and everything else is in support of that the stronger it will be Hmm. and i felt we go off on too many tangents left and right Mm -hmm. for a potential joke sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't and do you think this film suffers from too many people in it it's like it's more an ensemble. No, I don't. I don't think movie. it's the number of people. I think it's the number of ideas trying to be crammed into those people. Yeah. No, it definitely wasn't that. It wasn't a numbers game because you had a good cast and you had, I think, to an extent, somewhat inspired characters that could have really blossomed. But it just they just they never followed through with a lot, and you never gave these people much to do, and it really did play it safe. Uh, I'm not saying that you had to go full on raunch, but you could have been a little bit edgier um, in making this comedy. And when you look at, uh, even when you look at uh, going back to back to school, when you look at the plot points and what happens, and they're 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 between Rodney Dangerfield and Melissa McCarthy, 
you understand why Melissa McCarthy wants to go back. And I think that that was a that was a key empowerment moment where she wanted to go back to school for her own and get her degree because she it was made clear she left school at the at the request of her boyfriend, fiance, became husband. She regretted it. She wanted to go back. And I get that. Right. But she had no real obstacle on obtaining what it was. And there was there was no teachers that said you shouldn't be here. You too. There was no obstacle for her. She actually, you know, her hardest thing was speaking up in front of people. And then when the money thing came, they devised a quick, simple way to get their money, which they got. And then Christina Aguilera shows up. It was a fun scene. But nothing was earned in the movie. And if you do watch Back to School, which there's somewhat of a similar motivation where Rodney's character, who's very rich, by the way, but his wife leaves him. And he's like, you know, I never got my degree. I'm going back to school. And there are obstacles along the way for him to overcome. Um, it, you know, it, it happened to be very funny. I think Melissa McCarthy could have been that funny. And we could have had that back to schoolish kind of a movie. I just wish more was earned, and there, there should have been more obstacles. Uh, much again, when you're looking at blockers, they had obstacles. The parents had obstacles, but what they were going to do, and even the girls did too. When you think about it, this is. I never saw Back to School. It's a 1987 80s. movie. Yeah, um, give or take that time period. That's probably why. But um, I do want to ask this. It, is it harsh for me to say that I don't know if Ben and Melissa are the greatest collaborators, even though they're husband and wife? Because, oh, Ben Falcone? Yeah. Simply because, you know, it, it is a tough task, but, you know, when, when you're a director, and I know they wrote, wrote together and then went into it, but as a, as, a, as a director, your job is to bring out the best performance in your actors. Um, and there's times, you know... Uh, that sometimes, like uh, one, one example, there's inexperienced directors or new directors that direct actors that they've always looked up to, and they think they're doing them a favor by not over-directing them, or they're so in awe, it's like, okay, let me back off, they know what they're doing, and then the result comes in, i.e. the final movie, and the actor's like, wait, why didn't you direct me better? That's your job, you know? Like, I want you to tell me what I did right, what I did wrong, what I can improve upon, and then they're upset by that movie. I, I look at this and I think, you know, it, it as far as direction, it didn't use the assets it had. And I don't, maybe it comes down to script. Um, yeah, I think more of the problem is the writing because it sounds like, I mean, I I appreciate emotional, deep character stories. You know this. Uh, like, hmm. I, I like when it goes deep. But I went into this film not really expecting it to go deep. So and you, apparently it feels like you guys were. And uh, so I, I wasn't as upset that they didn't go as deep because I wasn't expecting it. It is a comedy. It's, it's supposed to be light. So I, I think because it didn't go deep, I think that the problem is in the script and the writing because it didn't write moments where it could have gotten darker or deeper or had actual emotional beats built into the writing, into the moments that would allow characters to have realistic moments. I don't... I, I don't think the directing is wrong. I think the storyline in the moments. Okay. There, there weren't emotional beats to get deep. I would be curious, A, to see what was cut out, because I know that, you know, an hour and 45 minutes for a comedy is 
a little on the lengthier side, certainly by old school terms when it was like 90 minutes and they legit, like if you were at 91 minutes, cut cut down a minute. Okay. Um, so I would be curious if some of the transitional stuff that we're talking about was included in there. But going back to the – you mentioned like we wanted something a little bit deeper. I personally don't mind light. I'm trying to think of a movie and if you guys – have one by all means throw it out but the only one that keeps coming to my mind is captain underpants that's not an in-depth movie right and yet it's funny uh and it works i think at least i mean never got deep game night's not necessarily a deep movie but i found it to be very funny same with fist fight i think and again it's not that i necessarily look for deep in a comedy i just I just want more of an of earned emotional payoff because I think that's what really helps a comedy. You have to go along with the characters. And it's not that I hated characters. That's the thing. There was nothing for them. There's no obstacle for any of our main characters to really try to get over. Uh, that, that, that was missing. As far as their collaboration, look, they're obviously in love with each other. They're a great couple together. Fine. Um... I think they just have fun doing this. Um, they're they're afforded because of who she is. They're afforded an opportunity to collaborate and make movies together. And you know, it's are they the best? No, but and we know Melissa McCarthy can act, right? Saint Vincent. Let's take Saint Vincent for for a sec. She's a good actress, and she can be funny. She can play dramatic, and we know that she can be hysterical. I just think that together. They find themselves so funny, and then when they get their friends to come into the movie, they're having a good time, but they're having a better time than I am watching them have a good time. Um, there are some cases where they're having a way better time making the movie than I am ever watching it, but in, in this case, it was just so middle of the road um, that, you know, this is their third collaboration together, and when you look at those movies, Boss and Tammy in this one, they're... You, they cut great trailers because they look really good as a two minute, two and a half minute spot. Like this one looked kind of good. It looked like it had some funny things to it. But when you see the entire thing, it's like, mm. well, the, the 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 spot is made. The trailer's made on the premise and the notion, right? And so, like, we've all agreed that it had a good. It had the crux of what it needed to sculpt a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's that's just that. I don't know. Maybe I just hold comedies on on a very high standard, but seems like. But but I also here's the thing. I I, I also want to champion comedies when it comes to comedic movies. We've been talking about them for so long, and even the <laughs> ones that we've loved, if they score forty percent, we're raving about it. We're like, woo! It's a miracle. And so I I do want to champion comedies in particular because I think it, you know certainly in the Oscars race and so forth they're highly overlooked for their artistry and so I you know I I, I want to praise them and so when it, something doesn't quite hit it's no different than anything else it just didn't hit it you, and we do I think that this show champions comedies a lot more than than other shows of similar ilk we want comedies and we've talked about how. Comedy seems to be very difficult to do these days. Before, you can release a comedy. People would go to it. It could be very funny. But today, now, it's hard to make people laugh and go. And I'm talking about movies that we enjoyed. But even from a box office, from a box office perspective, the last one to make $100 million, I believe, could have been Girl's Trip as far as a flat-out comedy. 
Um, and there have been comedy since Girls Trip, and Girls Trip was a very funny movie. Um, you know, but Bad Moms 2 didn't do as well as the original Bad Moms, which did very well, too. I, I liked Bad Moms It's a very too. funny movie. I, well, I like Bad Moms, Bad Moms 2 Christmas. It just didn't do as well. It's hard to get people... I don't know what it is with comedy today. But I think uh, that's the thing. Comedy is so subjective. I was like, we, we like cock blackers because it, like, there was good jokes in it, written jokes, and, and actual slapstick humor. There was some slapstick humor in this movie with the whole racket ball scene, whatever. Um, I think comedy is so subjective. It can it's be, hard to cater to everybody. But, but when you look at what, those hundred million dollar comedies do, they get they get a general mass audience to go because people laugh. And so like blockers did pretty well, but not as good. Um Game Night, funny movie, it, it people I don't know. It people I think it's just hard to watch comedy when they can go onto YouTube and see two minute sketches these well, I think days. It's that it's harder so, to write. I think People reserve the right to go to movies more so for stuff that, like a comedy you can watch at home with your friends. And that, that, that's certainly a lot more enjoyable. And the avenue for comedy versus like an Avengers, that's an event people really want to go to. My counter to that is, and I'll ask Marissa, because you said you were laughing a lot. So when you saw Life of the Party, was it crowded, semi-crowded? Yeah, it was crowded. It was crowded. People are laughing I always feel that comedy and horror movies are some of the best kinds of movies to see in a theater because laughter I find to be very infectious. And if something's funny and that 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 upheaval of laughter happens in a theater and everybody's laughing, sometimes you've laughed so hard that you've missed jokes because the movie continues to go on. I think comedies benefit more so than watching them at home. I think they benefit from watching them in a theater with a bunch of these strangers, because when a comedy hits and you're all laughing at the same thing, I think it becomes infectious, and that's the best part of, of watching a good I, comedy. I don't disagree, but I was actually, I, I heard a pretty interesting thing of, as far as, remember, la, la, laugh tracks and, and sitcoms and so forth? Sure. Well, it was primarily because people at home watching those sitcoms, they need to establish that it's okay to laugh at your TV. And I think... <laughs> No, it's been, you know, I mean, know, dating I back know. to like the 1950s, yeah, like at the inception of TV, people just didn't know, like, wait, I should be laughing. And I, we've gotten to a point where laugh tracks are so rarely used in sitcoms. And where, where I'm relating it to this is I think people have gotten accustomed to laughing at comedies and being able to laugh alone. Uh, again, I'm, I'm making counterpoint to going to the movies, I understand, but I'm just trying to explain perhaps why, you know. People have gotten that way. Is like, oh, I can laugh at home and it's okay. Sometimes it's easier to laugh within a crowd than it is to laugh alone. So if everybody's laughing at the same thing that you're laughing at, it's sort of kind of okay. But if you're laughing at something that happens and nobody else's, all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh okay. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> nobody else found this funny? There was one time I laughed out loud and no one else did. It was the, the whole joke was like, we're still trying to figure out who killed out, who shot JR. I laughed. I, I <laughs> like, laughed at that too. I laughed too. at that too. But other people didn't. Like, freaking stupid millennials don't get they that joke. They might not joke. get that joke. So I was like, I, I think, again, Comedy is very subjective, and, and it's only like 
there there are jokes that appeal to the older audience and jokes that appeal to the younger ones. It really is like, what's up your alley? I don't know what makes you laugh. But here's the thing. We're not going to a sketch comedy or a stand-up comedy. At the end of the day, it's a movie. So even though people don't laugh at that joke, that shouldn't be the crux of the movie. Yeah, Robert McKee, who teaches story and and you know who screenwriting and so forth, world renowned for it, he'll be one of the first to say there's there's elements that you have to incorporate that make a good comedy. Now, the, 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 at the end of the age, the jokes that are written and so forth, that's up to you. But there is there is a structured comedy, no different than drama, horror, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And people have to become masters of that. And you know, I don't think they mastered. Just no, the it, story. It looks, Melissa McCarthy's character, right? Remember, uh, uh, I think it was at the same party, uh, the the big dance scene at the party, right? Melissa McCarthy Wait, does the, the worm. First, oh yeah, the uh, second party ish, uh, give or take. The, yeah, okay. That's the Melissa McCarthy I wanted to see throughout the movie. You know, I mean, she breaks out, but that's the funny Melissa McCarthy. I wanted her to have a little more edge, and plus, being the adult too. I wanted her to, to to impart a little, other than just being liked for being the mom and, and being really nice and, and everything and going what she's going through. It would have been nice for there to for her to impart a little more like wisdom. I know she had that one she had that one speech to the girls, but I wanted it more than that uh, because she is the adult in the room, so she does have some experience that she can that she can share, just like the kids have experience that they can share to open up her eyes. She's been in this relationship uh, that, that ended really badly. Uh, that's where the heart, that's where the heart of this movie could have been more. And, um, and I wanted to see like when Melissa McCarthy's doing that physical comedy, again, from a comedian standpoint, there's not much better out there. Uh, who can pull that off because she is very funny and they didn't allow her to be like sarcastic enough. Um, I want to talk about two points before we kind of shift gears into the production stuff. And if you have, if you guys have anything to add beyond the, my two points by all means, but speaking of that, 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 that eighties party in of itself and as an example of, they were an emotional scene. Then randomly she just gets a text. Okay. So let's, Let's alleviate this tension and let's go back to the comedy. And of all things, how serendipitous that was an 80s party. Just everything just needed to work to get on to the next thing. Uh, and we'll, this, this episode is definitely overusing the word earned. But it just, oh, an 80s party. Of course. How amazing that our main character grew up and like will love the 80s and be amazing with this. Um, another thing. So you're saying it was convenient? Very convenient. And if the yeah. kids knew who Don Johnson was in Miami Vice, <laughs> you know, then they're not going to know Jr. Like there was some very specific detailed costumes there that they knew of, but you know, Jr. was a cultural event. That's what that's what makes that joke very funny. I know. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was it was a funny joke, and I wish they that a lot that of people didn't more. get. Yeah, I agreed. Agreed. Well, the other thing, you know, as I think about it. This is just maybe being really nitpicky, and I, for me, this one's like it, not a big deal whatsoever. But th- the daughter had a boyfriend, and that was never explored in terms of relationship between the mother and daughter because he would figure the fact that she's going through a divorce, she would try to give dating advice 
to her daughter in one way, shape, or form. Maybe. So that's again that in in everything else. If it was there, great. If it, but I, I also I get that. I'm not faulting the movie. For I get not that is an again another missed opportunity. But it's also the movie's not about the daughters, about Dina. But the daughter is supposed the to be is integral. To be, yeah. yeah, the daughter's integral. But, she has like the to, daughter's love life is not the movie. Her love life, I agree, but the daughter relationship is integral, I think, to make the movie really, really work. Um, because she's the only lifeline that she has in that school, like for doing this in, in life. Sense. Yeah, apart from yeah. my, you know, Maya Rudolph and her husband. But they're too busy getting it on anyway. So she, at least she inspired them to do that. <laughs> <laughs> they they were funny I, again like her lines and even when they were playing racquetball at a racquetball club that only had one racquetball court but like with with the two guys what did they describe them as the critics from the Muppets <laughs> the two old guys like that was a funny joke um, so yeah I liked Maya Rudolph and her husband uh, a lot I thought they were very funny um, especially the, the the dynamic at that dinner when we met that other couple that we had no idea who they were. <laughs> And she's like, oh, come on. She was, she was good. Maya was doing what Maya does best. Well, uh, so let's get into some peer stuff. Uh, Marissa, you said that you had a packed crowd and you were one of the younger people. Well, you are indeed correct. Over 80% of its audience was over the age of 25. And overall, about 70% were women. Yeah, yeah. That is me. I'm older than 25 and I'm a woman. So, you fit yeah, perfectly. I am within that demographic. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's why I probably like this film more than you guys did. Why is it because, like, why do you think, is it because Melissa McCarthy hasn't been on Saturday Night Live as a regular for a long time? Is it because she hasn't been in a Huge hit was... comedy movie. No, for, I, I think mean... it's because like, in like my age, people who grew up with Melissa McCarthy and Gilmore Girls were so accustomed to seeing her being sweet and funny, charismatic, endearing as that Suki. She's like she's that lovable friend that's always around. That like it's soul full of life. It is fun. Like she she's the one who brings the energy to the room. She's that friend. That's always fun. Right. So, like, that's what's appealing and why we keep watching Melissa McCarthy movies because we know that type of character that she brings to to whatever screen that she's on, whether it be television or movies. She's fun. You go to her f- to watch the fun energy. And, I, like, I don't apparently, dis- I like, don't she was kind disagree. of the life of the party in this movie. I, you know, she had it, her moments. It could be the trailer because the way it made it seem was... You, you, the, the the joke about the quad, right? Well, I'm bringing back the quad. No one hangs out in the quad, Mom. I think part of it, it set up the humor to be a little bit older, in a sense. And, you know, I get it. It came out on Mother's Day, and or Mother's Day weekend overall, and, and I think that sure. they didn't leverage that as much as they could have, I don't think. Certainly not in the marketing. And, and when you look at Melissa McCarthy's hits as a comedy, though... She's, she's the she's the character with Edge. Like she was the breakout in Bridesmaids. Like that movie broke her out. A lot of people talked about her performance in Bridesmaids. When you watch Heat, number one, I thought it was a brilliant pairing to put Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy together. Stroke a genius 
And they were fantastic together. And part of it was because you had Sandra Bullock, in a sense, playing straight to 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 Melissa McCarthy, who was, you know, the, she was the tough Boston cop. Uh, she was great. And then when you looked at Spy, Spy, she played Frumpy, but she was hysterical as Frumpy. You could get that. And again, they paired her up. You had other people in With that Jason movie. Statham. Jason Statham. Who was the straight agent Oh, and the English woman that uh, in, in uh, mm-hmm. Spy 2. It was very funny. But these those movies are like her highest grossing and her, her the ones that people go to a lot. I just saw the trailer for uh, Happy Time Murders that she's in, the one with the the, the puppets. Um, so she, that's the Melissa McCarthy I think people like like to see. And even when she does something like Sean Spicer on Saturday Night Live, she's brilliant and she owns it and she's great at doing that sort of thing. Her physical comedy seemed a little lost in this because she was so safe. It seemed like they were just pulled back a little. Um, that's why. But shes I, I still think she's definitely one of the funniest women that we have to go to see at the movies. Here's what I'll, I'll say as a positive, right? And hopefully this Marissa kind of makes it all up. Mm. Um, every one of these actors, women and men, I'd like to see in more movies. Especially the sorority girls, I thought. I thought there was there was a spark there that, even though they didn't always have the the a funny line to say, then I saw something. I was like, Ooh, I'd be interested to see what they will do next. I really did. So, I like them. You Again, didn't like I, them in this film. I'm sorry. <laughs> you you want to see them in other films? No, but no, I no, I said from the I had no problem with performance in this movie. I like those girls too. I wish they were just given more. And I wish there was more resolution. I wish there was more something going on to give them more to make this a comedy. Again, I I go back to Blockers. Those friends, I got as being great friends together. Like, they were going to make it... They were going to continue to be friends through and beyond college. And I got their bond. These girls... I, I wish... I didn't know them as much as I knew the girls in Blockers. And I knew the parents more from Blockers, too. I got a better sense of who these people were. And I wanted more of that mother-daughter relationship um, as well. Because in, in the end, it's sort of kind of the heart of this uh, of this story. And when a woman of, I don't know, how old do you think she was supposed to be? 40, maybe? I think 40s, right? Mid-40s. She said 21. She said 21. <laughs> And, and, and I say mid forties. If her if her daughter's old enough to be a senior, who would probably around the twenty one, twenty two age. Sure. Yeah, I'd give her in the mid forties. Yeah. So this is it, it's not a midlife crisis that she's going through. She's going through a life size crisis with divorce and realizing, hey, I got to go back to school and what the comedy from that should come, but it should be a lot more naturalistic. Going back to college isn't like it was when she was. The quad joke, for example. Um, so I just wish she just had more obstacles to learn along the way of going back to school and what that's all about for a 40-year-old who looks and appears to have been a housewife ever since she had gotten married. I don't, uh, I don't believe she had a career um, doing anything. She gave up her life. So this is one of those life-affirming 
this could have been a far more funny, a life affirming movie where I got to change things and I'm going to go back to school. I want to I want to live out my dream. And it is particularly in these days of women empowerment. I think that the message is there for, for that, that people can relate to. You know, you know it's interesting uh, for me. Marissa, maybe you'll appreciate this. Part of the reason why I held this such a higher to sta- standard, because we'd just seen Tully, and it was mo- one of the more realistic movies about motherhood, and we talked that nauseam about that. Mm-hmm. And one of the sweet messages, this, this doesn't spoil the movie in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. One of the messages of that movie is like, what you have is actually beautiful, even if, like, the fact that, you know, um, the main character, Charlize Theron, achieves motherhood and achieve stability of any kind is a beautiful notion from the get-go and in some sense that was highly overlooked and in fact maddie does say she's like you know i never got to do anything and you know i have nothing to show for and she's like hey what about me um you know and so that's why like what i hold this to that higher of a standard because i know that that movie taught me a lot marissa Mm -hmm. (laughs) and this one didn't (laughs) Well, no, it's just, you know, I think it, I think it devalues some of the things that, you know, uh, if, 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 if women are trying to teach men anything, I think it devalues some of the lessons and, and whatnot. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Um, overall, kudos, though, it did get number two at the box office, although no one was going to come within touch, any touching distance of Avengers of Infinity War. Uh, I, I don't think anyone wanted to. So that's why we didn't get a lot. This uh, Breaking In was the other movie that, that was released alongside us, certainly from a major release standpoint. Um, you know, about almost $18 million in its weekend debut, but certainly, like I said, nowhere near the numbers that Avengers got and continues to get. No, it, it, it's hard. We're, we're, we're in a lull until this weekend uh, right now. And I think a lot of people were, were staying off – they were giving lots of broad birth to Avengers uh, in, in many weeks. Um, so that's why you're getting movies like Overboard, which actually overperformed, right? And then you have Life of the Party uh, breaking in uh, f- f- from Universal. But you're not really coming up with anything that's going to... Um, give Avengers a run for the money. Uh, these are smaller movies, which should be released and should offer alternative. Uh, you know, in fact, I was watching the Tully, uh, I was watching the Tully anatomy of a movie. And you said something at the top of that again, which we talk about here. It's like, yes, there are other movies out here other than Avengers. This is one of them. Life of the party is one of them. So is breaking in overboard was one of them. That, that was the number one new release. You know, it falls number two to Avengers. Uh, these movies should come out. They should offer variety, and they should uh, they they should reach women. They should reach people who like thrillers. So I have no problem with Life of the Party coming out when it did, um, you know. And like you said, it was uh, eighteen million opening weekend. It came in number two. That means it's the number one new movie of the, that week. <laughs> I mean, that that's the way I would spin it. Um, so and 22 million right now total domestically you know 26 worldwide you know i don't know how much the movie costs there's no it's information a rough 30 million dollar production budget so 
know, and it 60. was Warner Brothers, and they, they they put a little money into marketing it. So yeah, you gotta. It's gonna be tough to make that money back. They'll probably do it in ancillary markets, but we've got two big weeks coming up with two really big releases. Yeah, this is where we're, we're starting the marathon. Yeah. Uh, it did get a B on cinema score and a 39% on Rotten Tomatoes. Marissa, at the top of the show, you said uh, you, you called out the criticism towards the movie. So I want to allow you to, to well, speak to that. And I don't think it deserves you a counter- 39.40. I think it's definitely higher than, than, than that. I think that's roughly being kind of mean. <laughs> Um, I, like, is it perfect movie? No, I'm not saying that whatsoever. But I don't think it deserves the 39.40. And a lot of we know that Rotten Tomatoes is also ran by the most of the demographic is male, and and this is a a woman female driven movie. So I I think that the ratings could be shifted for for this film and right. for the criticism afterwards. Fair enough. Any final thoughts as we wrap up? This anatomy of movie. I just think, look, I've got no problem with 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 Falcone and McCarthy working together. I think they should, just should take note because I, I think they're both very funny people, and I do believe that they actually really know comedy very well. I think they need to be in, inspired. I think they should, well, they should learn from maybe their mistakes. They should look and go, how can we make this better? How, if we're going to go back and make another movie together, how do we do it? What's funny, and they should really go for broke. Um, they sort of tried on the boss. Uh, Tammy was just a mishmash of they wanted drama and comedy. They could make a really good comedy together um, because they are both funny people. But they should just—they should really go for it. Do you think that's part of what they're doing? Is that they're just going for it because they feel like? There's this pressure, and like every time they're afforded the opportunity to work together, they have to put in everything, including the kitchen sink and a kitchen sink for the kitchen sink to wash the kitchen sink with. I didn't see the kitchen sink in this movie. I saw. I see. <laughs> I, I I just think that they come up with this great premise. That's what inspired. Like, geez, uh, Ben Falcone says, "You know what? Uh, uh, my mother-in-law was over, and I was looking at the both of them, and I said, geez, what if?'" What if mom, like, what if, what if at 40, Melissa's mom went back to school when Melissa was 18, right? Well, make that movie because that movie sounds fun because I have to, I have to think that Melissa McCarthy might have, like, she already had comedian chops. That's the movie that I wanted to see. Uh, And with the whole the Google thing and the trailer, that's what I thought I was going to get. Uh, They should just like, just. Take the take the blinders off. I think they worked together and they were trying to make this uh, safe. What was this rated? It had to be just PG thirteen, right? Yeah. And you don't have to go for raunch. You don't have to make things overly raunchy because that doesn't necessarily make a good movie either. But I think as a, as a couple, they are very funny in their own right. And I think that if they think that they have that movie in them to do, so I say try, try, and try again. If at first. Or three times you don't succeed, but I think they can, and and they have. I think eventually they will if given the opportunity. Marissa, final thoughts from you? Yeah, I enjoyed this film. I'd probably watch it again because I think there is some rewatchability factor in it. Do Melissa and Ben worked together well on screen? Probably, sure. It might not get the production number 
numbers and all the money back that like if you're gonna pair it to infinity wars you can't that's it's just so unfair it's very unfair compare this to like already like a cinematic universe that's unfair to like base numbers off of that's that's so wrong and it's shitty that people do that so like if you're going to compare it to other comedies maybe yeah it might be lower in numbers but that doesn't stop other comedians for always working together i mean look at uh, adam sandler he always works with his same friends and production company are his movies all great either no, so and he's like, relegated to and, Netflix now. Yeah, it, exactly. So it's like I don't think it's just just because they're married doesn't mean that their movies and their product is successful. No, if if you work together, then work together. Mm-hmm. And it feels like this is a movie that they did for fun. And sure, I had fun. Yeah, and I don't mind. To your point, I don't mind when that collaborative effort involves their friends, especially if their friends are funny. You know. Um, I, I like that, and I think that's part of what made comedies back uh, in the 80s uh, going into the 90s like work uh, really well because you saw the you saw similar people being paired together. Um, there should be more of that. When you find something that sticks, like I always said from Bad Moms, right? I always felt that Mila Kunis and Christina Applegate could be fantastic in a movie together. There's chemistry there, huh? They were. What other movie? Yeah, or, uh, no, no, no. Like they were, yeah, they were they're, great they're fantastic together, right? When when you see that chemistry magic on screen, I'm not saying that you're going to get lightning in a bottle, but you can use it. Put them in another movie together as something. Um, nurture that. Pull from that because you're working. There are very many talented people out there. And there are some new people. Like you said, these girls – Maybe some of these girls could work well together in another movie. Um, put them in different plots, but for sure there's a chemistry there. Um, casting should 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 put that, and they don't have to be $100 million movies. You got to start off small before you can start making the big bucks. So Absolutely. that's all. Well, as, as harsh as I've been towards Ben and Melissa, I do wish them nothing but the best, and uh, I've been harsh because I do want the best for them. So if that helps... Uh, Speaking of which, you can always give your opinion as to what we've said, if you agree, disagree, or anything else that we haven't brought up yet that you guys would like to talk about. There's a whole comment section. We're going to give our social media handles in a moment. And, of course, if you're listening, whatever the the app is, whether iTunes and so forth, leave a leave a rating, leave a comment that helps spread the word to other users on that app. How that can we people, are, can, all right, how can people do that? How can people do that on, on iTunes? I know how they do it on YouTube because, boy, well, God Almighty, do I have I read. It's, uh, it's a little bit, you know, go on, go on your phone. I know most of you, whether it's your tablet or your phones, all you have to do is when you're on the podcast app, just, just click the rating and, and give a little rating, you know. It's, uh, you might have to use your fingers and type out some words, but, hey, don't we all? <laughs> um, Either way, at the very least, the fact that you watch or listen, you know what? Kudos to you. So that's already a victory for us, even without the rating. And if, if you, you watched this movie, what was you liked it? What was your favorite scene? Yeah, that's I a always good like to know in a in a comedy. What's your favorite scene? What's uh, what's your favorite Melissa McCarthy movie? In fact, uh, if you're curious and you haven't checked out all of them, do watch them. And we've covered a lot of them here on Anatomy of a Movie. In our archives, you are welcome to go in there and 
You know, it's a whole uh, a Google. Here's a question. Were we together during when Bridesmaids came out? We were not. We were not Bridesmaids together. (laughs) All right. That wraps us up. Thank you guys, as always, for joining us. As mentioned, we've got a lot of stuff in the rear view window of movies that we've done, including Avengers, including a lot of comedies, including a lot of Melissa McCarthy movies. But looking ahead, we will be doing Deadpool, then the Han Solo movie, and... We're starting the marathon of summer fun, aren't we all? Summer is here, like our Memorial Day next weekend. Absolutely. My birthday on Tuesday. <laughs> we have at Serafini TV if you want to guys want to interact with her. Yep. We have at DMovies1701. Please support me on Twitter. And check out philsvtech.com. That is all my social media stuff. You can connect with me there or see other stuff that I'm a part of. And until next time, keep watching movies. Producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.